Welcome to Quarantine Creatives. I'm Heath Rosella. Michelle Zamora is my guest today, an amazing puppeteer. She is the star of the new Netflix show, Waffles and Mochi, where she plays Waffles, the lead puppet on that show. She's the lead puppeteer on that show. We're going to talk all about puppets today. It's going to be a fun one. If you've been around at all, you probably know that I love puppets. I love talking to puppet people. I didn't know I did, but uh, it's been one of the through lines, I guess, on this show. Very early on, I talked to Hallie Stanford, who is the president of television over at Jim Henson. Talked to John Tartaglia, who does a lot of work with Henson uh, on Fraggle Rock and other things. He was in Avenue Q. And I talked just recently to Paul Rugg from Earth to Ned. He plays Ned on that show. So I guess this is what? My fourth puppet guest. So there we go. Something to uh, connect all the dots here. So I'll get to Michelle in a minute. I'll tell you all about her. It's going to be a fun show. But before we get to that, I just want to take a second and speak out about everything that's been going on. You know, this week in Atlanta certainly is heartbreaking. But over this past year, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders have been targets of violence. And Dion Lim was the second guest I ever had on this show. She was talking about it way back in May. She's a news anchor out in San Francisco and has done a lot of reporting on the violence that Asian Americans have faced in the Bay Area. But it's a national problem. Atlanta, obviously, is heartbreaking and just on a scale beyond what we have seen yet. But little attacks, little bits of discrimination here and there, little bits of racism here and there are happening every day across this country. And, you know, for me, I've talked about it before. My grandfather is from the Philippines. I identify as Asian Pacific Islander. It's heartbreaking. And I think we all need to condemn what's been happening. And we all need to figure out what we can do to support each other and help stamp out bigotry. And I don't think it's just a problem towards Asian Americans. I think there are there are issues, bigger issues with white supremacy and, you know, misogyny and all those sorts of things. I had a great conversation with Talia Lavin about it a few weeks ago. Go check that out if you're interested in learning more. But bottom line, I am condemning what's been happening over the last year. I think it's important for all of us to condemn that. And I think it's important for all of us to get educated about what's happening and about how we can help. So that's all I've got to say there. Michelle Zamora, as I was saying, incredible puppeteer. She is on the new Netflix show Waffles and Mochi, which stars Michelle Obama as well. Pretty exciting. And it is an amazing show. Like as somebody who grew up loving Sesame Street and Pee Wee's Playhouse and, you know, some of the crazy uh, Sid and Marty Croft shows and all that kind of stuff. This show brings all the best of all those crazy shows together. And it's around the topic of food and culture and really getting kids to understand what fresh food is, to appreciate ingredients and to appreciate the cultural roots behind all of it. So they literally travel the world on this show. They're in Japan. They're all across America. They're in Peru, lots of places. And it just teaches so much. So the show just premiered this week. I had a chance to watch a couple of preview episodes. I have not yet shown it to my kids, but I've got a five and eight-year-old now, and 
they will love the show. And if you've got kids, you got to watch it. And even if you're just curious about, you know, cooking and food and ingredients and puppets and stop motion, <laughs> you know, it's all in there. Animation. It's a fun, crazy, cool show. So Michelle plays Waffles, which is a creature that is half frozen waffle and half Yeti, <laughs> which is interesting. And Waffles' best friend is Mochi, a little block of Mochi ice cream. And they go around the world and have adventures around food. But Michelle has a really cool history through the entertainment industry. She's been doing puppeteering and stop motion and all sorts of just really fun uh, projects. She and her husband own the production company Viva La Puppet in Los Angeles. And they've done work for, you know, music videos for Pharrell and Stevie Wonder, uh, Bob's Burgers Live at the Orpheum, an underwater puppet collaboration. They did the Pee Wee Herman show live on stage, just all sorts of really cool stuff. And it feels like Waffles and Mochi is just a really cool culmination of all of her skills and experience. It is such a fun show. I've enjoyed watching it so much. I've seen two or three episodes, and I can't wait to watch the rest. It's streaming now on Netflix. Go check it out. Here it is, my conversation with Michelle Zamora. I want to start by just asking you about, you know, as we sit, I guess, at the one-year mark of COVID, how this last year has been for you? It has been. I mean, like a lot of people, when the quarantine first hit and it was like a real thing and start to process like, oh, this is happening and realizing like my life is good. It's been forever. It's kind of like a little bit of a mourning, you know, I'm mourning my old life. Right. So coming to terms with that, I mean, everybody kind of went through so much and with me, myself, just realizing like there's so many parts to this and I'm just going to kind of be a little easy on myself and say, you know what? We're doing the best we can right now Yeah. with, you know, the industry shutting down. You know, nobody's wanting a puppet right now in this, right. in this time. <laughs> so yeah, it was a, a hard blow to the high that I had been riding for so long. I was like uh, on cloud nine for so long after shooting Waffles and Mochi and wrapping that. And we, we literally just got it uh, all shot and, and right in time. Wow. You know, we, did so much travel and looking back, it, it was a great time to be a, a puppet and be a waffle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like, as I'm watching the show, I figured it had to have been pre-COVID just with the amount of travel and, you know, there's a scene in oh, a pizzeria with, you know, lots of people around and no yeah. masks. I'm like, okay, this has got to be before times. But I think it's really cool because when people tune in, they're going to, they're going to see it's, it's this show, this season one is going to be a timepiece. It's like what being able to watch, everyone and they're not wearing masks like you said and then people are actually sitting right next to each other in a restaurant and the i know i when when i'm gonna watch them i'm gonna be longing for that again and and uh kind of living vicariously through (laughs) that past uh, time that we all yeah part nostalgic and maybe part uh, aspirational too (laughs) that we can get there again yes yes definitely well, I want to ask just, you know, how you got involved with this project, because it is just it, it's such a cool project. And I feel like given sort of your history, it's just such a perfect fit for you. Yeah, it was just a, a, a phone call. I think with Jeremy, Jeremy, Connor and I did a commercial a long time ago and I was just in the art department making a lot of cool things and <laughs> making it look like a kid made them. Uh-huh. And I remember just working with him, seeing him and then we kind of follow each other on Instagram for years and then I get a call from him that says, hey, I'm going to be working on a show with puppets. Let's talk. Yeah. Him and Erica 
Thormalin created this show. And in the beginning, it was called Listen to Your Vegetables and Eat Your Parents. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is cool. I like this title. Awesome. Tell me more. Then uh, a year passed, and I came back around with, into the show, and it was more of like, hey, uh, do you want to come in and audition to be Waffles? I said, well, what? First of all, <laughs> I didn't know that, that she was going to be a she. Uh, yeah. This is awesome, a new development and amazing. So I went in and auditioned. I did two callbacks, and then I got a phone call from Priya at Higher Ground, and she said, do you want to be our Waffles? And I said, yes, absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's kind of how I, I came into the into the show as Waffles. Um, yeah. Well, and, and as being sort of the feature player on this show, you're there for pretty much every scene. I mean, what was it like just getting to travel the world, you know, Peru and Japan? Like, you, you went all over with this. Yeah, I mean, I have been doing the puppet hustle here in Los Angeles for 20 years. Uh, I, I I landed here in 2000 and I went to school at Cal State LA. Uh-huh. And I went to the theater, theater department and I was doing a lot of acting and performance. That's, that was my trajectory. You know, I wanted to, to be an actor. And... uh in one summer, there, you know, there's not, nothing going on in the theater department. So I went into the scenic shop and I, there was one guy there. His name was Tony. And I said, hey, I want to make a puppet. I just literally woke up that morning and said, I want to make a puppet. Wow. And he gave me some foam and said, okay, <laughs> well, how do I even get into this uh, making a puppet thing? And it was just sheer passion and some voice inside me that said, I want to do this. And somebody yes anding it. And I realized, like, growing up, there'd be people all, like, my parents, everyone, teachers, everyone down my life that would just yes and me when I would say, I want to do this, I want to do that. And uh, it, it's really cool how I came back full circle to puppetry because I've been doing it my whole life. I've been old VHS home videos and I've been making, you know, all kinds of puppets growing up. Um, humanettes, like getting my cabbage patch dolls and putting their head backwards and attaching it to mine. And uh, a little claymation things for my Texas history class, uh, the Alamo, you know. That's so cool. I always gravitated to puppetry, but growing up in Brownsville, Texas, which is like the southernmost tip of Texas, is not something you see as a profession and something that you can aspire to. So when this moment happened in my life and career where I got the call, do you want to be a Waffles? I, I felt like this is it. This is like the role of lifetime, you know, I get to travel the world i get to eat like amazing food from world-class chefs and i get to puppeteer yeah all of those things yeah yeah, (laughs) absolutely dream come true that's awesome (laughs) that's so cool i'm curious like where that comes from and you i mean you talk about making these videos and stuff as a kid like what were the shows you watched growing up that that sort of subconsciously made you think "Ooh, puppeteering oh yeah pretty much all puppet content from the 1980s and 90s Terry Lewis, Slam Top, mm. uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, yeah. Sesame Street, TV's Playhouse, uh, Fraggle Rock, and then, the, I mean, the list goes on. There's so much, so many puppets growing up on TV. Yeah, right. Um, even just down to the commercials. I mean, I, I once went down the, the wormhole of, like, looking up all the puppet commercials from the 1980s, 1990s. There's a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, my whole childhood is inundated with puppets. I just didn't connect the dots until I came out to LA and started seeing the possibilities of having a, a life in the entertainment industry in this way. And I just kept following that voice. And that's the only thing I could do. So I just kept making puppets. Yeah. 
Well, and, and you know, you, you built some of the puppets for this show too, right? Like Busy the Bee, Steve yeah. the Mop, Shelfie. Like, yeah. And it's interesting, like Shelfie in particular, I really felt the Pee Wee's Playhouse <laughs> influence there. Yeah. Like, I'm curious just the process, I guess, of, you know, figuring out those characters and, and you know, building them. I mean, a lot of it is really from the coconuts of Jeremy Conner and Erica Thormelin, who are the creators of Muscles and Mochi. It's really their brains that could come up with these ideas and then through these characters to me and say, hey, this is what we're thinking. This is our inspiration. And could you come up with something cool? Yeah. And he was Viva La Puppet, which is my company here in Los Angeles. We try and infuse a lot of like fresh new takes on puppetry in a way that's like, oh, well, how could it make this mouth mechanism different than just the standard, you know, mouth that you usually see? Like with Busy the Bee, I had this, this idea that popped to me just because just thinking about making a bee puppet that has to zip through the scene really fast and have a quality of movement that looks like it's flying, but also carry a scene with Mrs. Obama is <laughs> yeah. a, a tall order. We were in Peru shooting and we were about to come back to LA to start filming on the soundstage and that's when we were like going back and forth with these ideas and these concepts so I remember being in the the lobby of the hotel and I was like Johnny Johnny is Jonathan Kidd he plays Busy to Be and I said find me a lime (laughs) so he went throughout the whole hotel and looking for a lime for me he doesn't even know why and then I had a styrofoam cup and a toothpick and I created this little mechanism just with a lime, cerebral <laughs> cup, and a toothpick. And I took a video and I sent it to Erica and Jeremy and said, this, this is what I'm thinking. So with Busy, the super fast flapping mouth that you see, it was all just me playing with a lime. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Like, what's the control mechanism? Like, because there's no, there's clearly no room for like a hand, you know, like a traditional puppet, you'd have your yeah. hand inside. Like, where, yeah. where's the mouth actually yeah. being controlled from? So it's a rod puppet. So it's controlled from below. Uh-huh. Jonathan holds the, the rod that is masked by his long tie, yep. <laughs> his little uniform. He pulls the monofilament from below and that allows enough to open and close and the mechanism is so subtle that he can have this really fast flapping action yeah that was fun to discover that's awesome and i love geeking out on mechanisms that's my thing right well <laughs> they're like they're puppets that i'm just not used to like you said you're kind of pushing the envelope i love that i, I want to mm-hmm. ask you too just on the puppeteering side like with waffles one of the things i thought was so cool was like she's tasting food and often for the first time, you know, tasting a tomato or something for the very yeah. first time and having to react. And yeah. like for you as a performer, just figuring out like what are the lips doing and the eyes like mm-hmm. it feels normal. Like I'm not I don't feel like I'm looking at, you know, a piece of foam on somebody's hand. I feel like I'm watching uh-huh. a, a, oh, cool. a real person tasting something like yeah. how did you get that performance? I think what I really love about when I first discovered puppetry was that I could take all my training as an actor my whole life um, just doing theater and performance and yeah. take all of the lessons I learned as an actor in all my acting classes and translate it into this object where I kind of become invisible and I, how can I fully translate what I would do as an actor into this object and I mean it takes years and years of just really figuring out and playing and, and um, getting confident too like the confidence to know that alright I'm going to grab this puppet I'm going to rig this here spoon to the hand yeah. and uh, I'm going to go in for a scoop of this soup and I'm going to aim to the mouth and it's going to happen. <laughs> a lot of it uh, for me was kind of in a moment of doing it, realizing like, oh, I have a lot of power to just 
truly believe that this is going to happen on this tape yeah. <laughs> with my energy. Like if I believed in myself, like I could, yes, this is going to go well, then it did, you know? So yeah, it, it, a lot of it is just me just playing and, and especially our puppeteer team, just being able to try yeah. every idea. You know, Jeremy has amazing ideas as a director that he just throws at you so many different things. Like, hey, can this puppet do a backflip? And I'm like, hey, sure, yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I love finding creative ways to make these puppets do certain things that's very simple, yeah. super simple. There was a moment where we were trying to do a backflip with waffles and you know, we were running a little behind and they're like, I think we're going to have to cut the, the backflip. I said, no, I think I think it's really simple because I come down and I pretend like I'm jumping and Russ Walco, who's Mochi, will throw waffles in the air and then I'll just come up like I landed. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of the problem solving kind of stuff that well, as a puppeteer, when you're in the moment, that's the stuff I love. Yeah. You know? Well, and I feel like there was a lot of harmony. I It feels that way anyways in watching it, just between directing and, you know, the shooting of it and the editing, where, mm-hmm. you know, Waffles just feels so believable. And, and a lot of it, I think, is just sort of, you know, cutting to her feet at just the right moment. And, like, there, there's never a moment, you know, I don't know, like when I've seen Kermit the Frog's feet or so, or full-body Kermit or full-body Elmo, I'm always a little freaked yeah. out by that because I'm used to them just kind of, you know, hobbling along on someone's arm. But there was something about the way that you guys showed waffles that, like, I understood what her full body always looked like, and it was never weird. (laughs) Does that make sense? Oh, cool. Yeah, that's a huge compliment. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Like you said, there's so many different people that have to come together and so many different choices that have to be made from, like, the camera operator to, you know, the the puppet wrangler to the director to translating um, this puppet in a way that, like you said, it's, it's just She's believable. She, her quality of movement's believable, and also like the challenges of having a puppet eating real food on camera. Mm. It's really revolutionary. When I when I first came to this project, I'm like, okay, we want to start brainstorming how all the different ways a puppet can eat food. Yeah, and and to really find that delicate balance of okay, so how is this puppet going to eat this thing and not look super gross? Right, because <laughs> you know there's there's something to the the texture of her fleece. And eating gazpacho could go wrong, you know. Right. Um, um, so the the ways that uh, we approached even just the mouth mechanism, even the the way the mouth palate is made, I I was in on the beginning uh, development of how to create this mouth palate, and I would come in and they would size the the palate to my hand, and I'd say, hey, I think it'd be cool if we just moved it this way or that way, or I had a little input in that, which is, which was really cool because she was really fit to my hand in a way that I can have these really subtle qualities of movement with her mouth that can mm. really show a lot and emote a lot yeah. in, a, in a different way than we've seen a puppet do before. So a lot of the times, like, yeah, I would, I would just keep her mouth super subtle, but just by twirling my little hand a little bit, she really responds well to that mouth palette. So, yeah, there's a lot of fun new things that we discovered with um, just puppetry in general. Like, sure. that, that was another thing we wanted to geek out with on this show is like, hey, how can we approach puppetry in a way that uh, maybe we haven't seen before, but also giving little nostalgic, you know, nods to the greats. Uh, but let's, let's do our own thing. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, on that sort of pushing the boundary, one of the things that, that really struck me was Mochi. He's a practical puppet, but an animated mm-hmm. mouth. And like, what are you actually seeing on set or like when you're with a guest? Like, did guests know how to react to that? 
Yeah, so um, Mochi is a puppeteer by Wes Walco. He is able to uh, puppeteer Mochi in all the scenes from below with a rod. And what they're seeing is, is Mochi with a face. They're seeing the two eyes, the eyebrows, and a little, like, just general expression of mouth. Okay. And based based on that, just all the different ways that Russ can perform with Mochi and squash and stretch him and smooth him, it's very believable in the moment in a scene because... If we're having a, you know, like a, a scene with Mashama Bailey, a chef in Savannah, he can understand um, Mochi because he's actually mumbling intelligible words and, yeah. and, and phrases. So I can also help to understand Mochi in right. those scenes. And then it's just helpful when we were shooting uh, those moments because yeah, if we were just having a scene with a little pink ball that's just uh, <laughs> going right. in there the whole time, that might be a little challenging. But yeah, that's just an amazing job. Yeah. I, I want to ask too, you know, some of the scenes obviously are, are pretty heavily scripted, it seems, and, you know, very choreographed, but there's a lot of improv mm-hmm. too, it seemed, especially, you know, there's, there's scenes yeah. with kids and stuff. Like, I guess yeah. just like, what was that like performing and even just like figuring out who Waffles was in those moments? Like, tell, talk to me about that process. Yeah. Waffles, she evolved into... <laughs> a hyper extension of my own self, you know, as, as I was reading the scripts, I started realizing, oh, yep, that's totally me. Yep, I would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, throw myself into that situation. Absolutely. You know, so it, I, I brought a lot of myself to the character in a way that was like, you know what, this is going to be really grounded in something that's real, which is me, <laughs> except a hyper, hyper real version of myself. And so as I was you know, working with Waffles in the beginning and, and figuring out, you know, different qualities of voice for her and figuring out the different ways that I can move her, it became really clear as we started shooting that uh, this show is very heavy on improv. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but we started realizing that, wow, me, especially sh- shooting um, in these segments all around the world, these are like interview style. So a lot of improv, a lot of like me having a lot of questions that I have to ask uh, in the moment to the chefs, interacting with kids, also having scripted scenes. Uh, they're like, actually, you're more like a Trevor Noah, just traveling the world. <laughs> or like, you know, there's there's a lot to my job as the puppeteer on sure. this particular show. So when I would arrive on set, I'm like, okay, I have to mentally prepare. This yeah. is, here we go. And I would have a big total, you know, a big a big job to do, but um, it was so much fun. And the more I realized, like, I just allowed myself to just kind of lose myself in the character and just play and have fun and just be in these rooms with these world class chefs. <laughs> uh, it was it was pretty great. Yeah, well, I want to ask you about that too because obviously, you know, there are these amazing chefs from all around the world. You know, you talked about gazpacho mm-hmm. and you know cooking with Jose Andre, uh, Michelle Obama. Yeah. Obviously, is a big part of this show. Like, just yes. is that is that ever intimidating for you? Like going in and you know, and, and I imagine I, I know for shoots that I've done, certainly sometimes you get yeah. an hour with somebody and you're like, okay, I can't be the one to blow this because we got a limited time to get this yeah. thing. <laughs> Uh, I try to like just kind of relax myself. There's nothing that can prepare you to, to meet someone like Michelle, Mrs. Obama. You know, um, right. she's just right when she enters the room, it's like the energy is just palpable. She's amazing. She's just a beautiful energy that comes into onto set. Right. And also the fact that you know her whole, a lot of the times when she arrive places she can't just arrive places like you have to be vetted you right. have to, to go through social uh, secret service and by the time 
we get onto set and we have our puppets ready and then the announcer it's like this oh, huge build up and then she comes and sits next to me and and you know as you know she's she's just a beautiful human being that just wants to create a cool show for kids. So anyways, it, it, it for me I, I I got past the the whole nervousness of working with <laughs> one of the most influential women in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Easily, because she just makes it easy. She's just so, uh, such a cool, uh, relaxed um, energy. And and she she, she was a natural with the puppet. But yeah, like, meeting some of these world-class chefs, I was like, whoa. (laughs) It was amazing. I mean, after a while, it's just like, it just get plopped into these countries in front of these these chefs that are just spoon-feeding me their amazing dishes like literally that's what we discovered is i had to get spoon fed all the food that waffles eat because mm. the very first moment we had a scene with food was in japan chef Morokichi with the omelet uh-huh. uh omurais and when i first took a bite with the puppet i, I was like mm, mm. i was like wait 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 stop stop, stop. i'm not connected at all i don't even know what this thing tastes like can somebody please give me a spoon yeah. <laughs> and so to give me a spoonful and I said, okay, give it to me and then I'll put it in the mouth of, of the puppet at the exact same moment and then we'll have a, a genuine reaction of the first bite. Yeah. And so that's what we did the whole show. Anytime waffles eat something, there's us getting a spoonful of the food or Chef Massimo just spoon feeding me tortellini you know, and uh, <laughs> Modena, you know. Um, it kind of had to happen that way to elicit a, a really genuine reaction from right. me as waffles in the moment. Well, I want to ask you too, just about, you know, obviously the show is about teaching kids healthy eating and, you know, fresh food, good cooking, all that kind of stuff. But you are also mm-hmm. working with these great chefs that are, you know, producing these amazing yeah. meals, you know, at the top of their game. Like, I wonder for you going into this, sort of what your relationship was with food and like, you know, are are you a foodie? Are you someone that, you know, loves to try this stuff? Or did you go in like, I'm, I'm sorry, what are we making? What is this? <laughs> uh, I love food. Yeah. I love making food. Um, oh, I think my parents, like, in the very beginning, just always let us experiment in the kitchen, and me and my sister would just make all kinds of things, and we, they, they led by example. My dad would always be cooking in the kitchen, and my mom, and then as an adult, it kind of just translated, like, I, I just love being able to go in the kitchen and be like, all right, what do we got? <laughs> kind of, like, chopped. Like, what, what's in the fridge? What's awesome. in the pantry? Let's yeah. do this. But also, my my husband is really the chef of the house. (laughs) My husband, Matt, is amazing in the kitchen, and he creates these just mouth-watering dishes that I just have this really, really good connection with food um, because it brings me joy. I think that's what this show is also really great at doing is, like, introducing food in a way that's just, like, I just hope that this show gives people a, a good relationship with food, you know? Like, hey, this thing is, let's try this, and let's try to cook it this way and that way, and... But yeah, I, I, for the most part, you know, was eating pretty healthy, you know, organic and uh, trying to, to listen to my body, really. Yeah. I mean, I think there's always a moment in college where I stopped listening. I stopped <laughs> listening to my, to my body and just ate whatever because I had the freedom. Right. And I was, it's there, I was in Los not? Angeles and I was, a, I was an adult and nobody's around to tell me what to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I realized, like, you know, as an adult, I was like, you know, when I eat that thing, it doesn't really make my stomach feel good. Maybe I should listen to that. Right. That's something, there's something there. So for me, I operate with, like, I love food. I love to cook and eat food. But also I know what foods make me feel good. I know that my body doesn't respond to nightshade vegetables, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, just like what you guys touch on in the show is, is sort of the – 
both the cultural aspects of food that that food is very specific culturally but that it's also yeah. so universal you know like i i don't have to be mm-hmm. japanese to like a really good miso or you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. go to a peruvian uh you know <laughs> uh, potato farm to to appreciate potatoes like it's it's just yeah. I, I don't know it's 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 interesting to me i guess that it's it's so specific and so universal at the same time yeah, I think it comes from like waffles being popped into our world, you know, and experiencing all of the things that are already in our world through the lens of this half-frozen waffle, half-yeti right. character. <laughs> she really can help us tap back into the wonderment of just the potential of one ingredient, like a tomato. Right. You know, maybe I forgot that a tomato, the full potential of a tomato can be unlocked so many different ways. Right. I really haven't roasted tomatoes ever, but try that you know so i think i mean i mean me as a, a mom i just i just i have a newborn by the way oh cool wow <laughs> one one and a half months and um and, I, and my daughter like they help me see the wonderment in everyday things like right. a dandelion <laughs> you know things that are just in our world all the time but you know what i i, I, I forgot about that right. i totally forgot about that thanks for reminding me so i think that's what waffles help to do. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to wrap up on something that we talked about at the beginning. And that's sort of, you know, when you were coming up and when I was coming up, but you know, just the shows of the 80s and the 90s and like how there was so much puppetry going on. And, you know, I've been fortunate on this show. I've talked to a lot of people from Henson and, you know, Sesame Street and a couple things that, you know, it feels like Mm -hmm. there's a puppet resurgence happening. I wonder just sort of your Mm -hmm. take on where we are with the world of puppetry and and that pendulum. Yeah, I think because there was so much on TV and the things that I saw as a kid and now me being of a certain age and being able to be in the position of power to create, be the creators. I think that our generation is, is now kind of coming back full circle to like the things that we responded well to, which is like the practical magical thing that happens when you use puppets and commercials and music videos and TV and all sorts of media there's just something that's really tangible and, and, and you can you can see that this puppet is touching this object and it's responding and that I can kind of feel like maybe I'll see this puppet in my world one day walking down the farmer's market, you know? Yeah, <laughs> there's right. something really real about them and it's because they're made by hands. They're made by materials that are in our world by a bunch of, you know, skilled hands. I think, yeah, there's definitely been a research as we've felt it over the past, you know, decades. <laughs> Yeah, especially now, it's definitely coming back because I think also people in quarantine, I don't know, content creators, people that are creating commercials, agencies, ad agencies, everyone had to think about, well, how am I going to create again? How am I going to create with a small footprint? And I think the answer was like, oh, um, puppet animation, let's start there. Mm. So right when things started opening up again, I just noticed an influx of need for puppet. And uh, it's great. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really nice time you know, for puppets. All right, there we go. Michelle Zamora. Go check out Waffles and Mochi. It is streaming now on Netflix. You're not going to want to miss it, especially if you have kids. If you have kids, you need to be watching that show. It is the cutest darn thing you've ever seen. And they're going to learn so much about science and food and everything else. And you'll get to see Michelle figure out how to make a puppet eat convincingly, which is one of the coolest things that I've seen on that show. Waffles and Mochi, Netflix. Go check it out. I have new episodes now every Thursday. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you will get those in your feed. 
as well as check out my newsletter every Sunday that goes to your inbox. If you're not on the list yet, go to heathrasella.com, enter your email address, and you will be on the list to get that newsletter. I'm at Heath Rosella on Twitter and Instagram. Drop me a message there. Let me know what you guys are thinking about. I've been doing all sorts of fun projects, making maple syrup. I'm growing mushrooms now. Check that out. I'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Stay safe. <laughs>